Do it a little faster. Uh, you still got it. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And we are Around, Around the, the Way Curls. Join us as we share our unique life experiences, aka tell all our business, and explore both the profound and the profane. Because duality, duality is, is a thing. Yizzo. Oh, <laughs> we already know what the fuck time it is with that. <laughs> wow. Yizzo. Hello. I was about to do it. I took the breath and I said, I would not be being radically honest. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Is that it? Is that how I sound? No, that's that's my version of it. Okay. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Hey, y'all. Listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised by um, that response. Full moon in Pisces. We're in Pisces season. This is the season of feelings, all of the feelings. I have been drowning. I'm not a fish the way Pisces are. I have been drowning in my feelings for the past, um, I don't know, two weeks now? Two weeks? It's been, it's been a wild, really difficult, I don't know, I'm at a point where I, the the way that I feel is I don't know if I can get out of this by myself. And I think I'm really going to look for a therapist again, which makes me spiral as well, because to find a therapist is like saying I'm going to find a husband. It's just not an, an easy thing to do. But um. Just feeling super tender, feeling super um just again, just feeling like a, a lot of the places in my life work f- friendship, motherhood relationships are requiring something of me that I don't have. I don't have the tool set, and I just need a lot of help in this moment, so anybody has a therapist. Um, in the tri-state area that can help assist out, that would be great. I think I'm really going to look for myself. Um, on a brighter note, on an interesting note, in my class today, in my business class, shout out to 10KSB, Goldman Sachs, we had a negotiating class. So every single week you have a different module and this week was all about negotiations. We had a Wharton teacher come in. Her name is Maury Terhapur. And she came in and she's probably like five, four, like four, four foot, just not even five foot, really slender, really small, petite. Um, she looks like she could be Middle Eastern or something. She's like a dark, white looking woman. And what a powerhouse, what a beautiful balance of strength and vulnerability and intellect. And she came in and and just coached us on how to negotiate. And she really debunked a lot of the myths about 
what negotiation is. Um, often we think of it as like this power struggle, as this place where you're strategizing, you where you're withholding information. And she talked about actually how the basis of negotiation is always trust and how transparency is really required. And she talked a lot about your, the, you know, the mindset theory of you have to go in there thinking that you are going to get what you want. She talked about the different levels of, um, you know, you have your, your aspirational goal, which is something crazy. You're kind of like your mid tier, what you're willing to compromise on. And then you're non-negotiable, but she was just talking about the power of the aspirational, um, the, 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 the crazy, you know, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to get $1.5 million because when you set your, when you set your place really, really high, your mid and then your low are kind of like correlated to that. If your bar is already low, then your mid and your low, like your bottom line is going to be even lower. And we had this, um, this lesson in class, we, we did like a mock negotiation and each of the different parties had different information about a, uh, an antique bowl and the value of the bowl was increasing every year. It went from 5,000 to 10,000 and the assumption is that it, it's worth 20,000. But not everybody had that information. We, we knew that it was 10,000, we knew that it was 5,000, we knew that it was going up. So like the possibility of how high you could negotiate that bowl to be was up to your what you could set up in your mind. Mm -hmm. And so it was really interesting going in, some people were the buyer and some people were the seller. And if you were the seller of that bowl and you were like, all right, it's it was 5,000, it was 10,000 and you made like, your goal only $13,000, you just ended up cutting yourself in the end versus somebody that made their goal be $20,000. Then they had more room for bargaining. You understand what I'm saying? Or did I just say like a whole bunch of uh, yeah. uh, numbers to uh, you? Uh, yeah, they basically shoe high. So, because they're going to shoe high. But if you're not, if you don't shoe high, normally you're always going to kind of like undersell yourself. And that was just. It was fascinating and she was such an, she, it was really great. We've had a lot of great teachers, but the power of having a teacher that like, this is their life's purpose. You can see them living out their life's purpose was really, really, um, really wonderful. So shout out to that Wharton teacher, Maury Terhapur. I really Are you butchering that her. lady's name? I don't know. Maury Terhapur. <laughs> <laughs> Tahirapur. I see your face and I'm like, she works at Wharton. Does she feel good about this? <laughs> shout out to her. No, shout, shout out to, out to that. 10K. Shout out to you being in class. And yeah, no, it was great. It was good. How are you? I too am feeling You're things. Drowning? I don't want to get into it this episode. I really don't because <clears throat> I'll fuck around and will not record. Uh oh. And we will just sit on this phone and cry. But, um, Feel, I'm feeling things. I had a very, it was crazy. I had such a, in a productive, somewhat eventful weekend. And then I, t I took, I took Tuesday off because I was working all Monday. Um, doing like, I recorded three podcasts on Monday with different people, which I'll get into. 
I took Tuesday off and it was going to be like my day to rest. And it was a shit show. The The entire day was just one thing after the other. I ended up spending like $1,500 to $1,700 on just like random what fuck shit. Oh. Yeah, it was like... I took my car to get like its little maintenance and then there was a whole bunch of bullshit with that. And then I had to take Ubers back and forth to and from there, which told, you know, cost a whole bunch of money. And then that took forever. So I had to drive into the city and then parking for two hours. And like, I wanted to leave my car at home and just meander in the city because I had stuff to do there. And everybody in New York knows you should not go into the city with the car unless you're going after 6 p.m., which I wasn't, but I would have missed my appointment. So I had to park in a lot. And guess how much it cost to park in a lot for two hours? Uh, oh, girl, 50 to $65. Cost me $78 oh, for my two God. hours. Oh, my God. And I was just like, okay, okay, everything's fine. And it was supposed to be me treating myself. My sister had purchased, anyway, my sister had purchased something really lovely for me a while back, and it was a gift certificate to Meliskin, which is a black-owned um, skincare place. What do you call it? Spa, I guess. And she purchased a facial, and it's the same woman who did has done our makeup on several occasions. Oh, she no longer does Keisha. Yeah, uh-huh. She no longer does makeup anymore. She has her own business now. Doing, um, she's an esthetician. And it was such a lovely space, lovely experience, but with all of the hoopla of the day, which I'm not even going to get into the other stuff, um, I was so tense and tight and I I had a great experience there. Ended up needing to spend extra additional money there. I never know what to tip people, so I'm just stressed Like at the end of it, like, oh, God. And then, of course, there was like, oh, we recommend these products. I bought the products. By the time I'm at home, the products are gone. They're not in my purse. I check my car. They're nowhere. Like I have no idea where where these things went. I'm just like at a loss, and they were expensive. (laughs) I'm just like, okay. Whatever. So I'm. I, these are all lessons. And then I, I got home and found out that my package room at my apartment building had been raided by people who have keys to my apartment building. And I've been back and forth all day today with the management company, with the super, telling them, no, you need to look at the cameras. I'm not crazy. I'm telling you that I had packages that were delivered and they were just fighting me all day. I mean... In the middle of the workday, calling me, there's a language barrier, and I'm just really trying to communicate. Like, please just look at the goddamn, you know, like look at the video. Well, they come upstairs around like I want to say 7:30 and knock on the door, and they're like, "Oh, we have bad news," and they show me this video, and these people have a like a fob like the key to a, the building which is concerning and then i see the timestamp and i came in maybe 15 i was on the phone with you i came in like 15 minutes after they had left which could so have been I'm a like, good thing too child oh it's a great no i'm grateful for that it's oh. it scared me it was like fuck like the first thing i did was come upstairs and then go downstairs and check that package and like what if i would have walked in on them what would have been their response so it was like that whole thing and then mad packages just stolen so more money gone <laughs> it's just like okay well 
fine. Some of them I can probably dispute, but there's a couple that I can't. So whatever. So I, this is a lesson in letting go. <laughs> it's like it. there's nothing Hated you can do. It. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Let it go. Ugh. I'm grateful that I'm in a position to be able to be fine, even with it all, all the nonsense. So and that's not even all of it. So whatever. But this weekend, before all that nonsense, was a great weekend. I went to the Reads Live show. Shout out to Crystal and Fury. I don't call him that, but Fury. And it was amazing. It was at the Beacon Theater here in New York on the Upper West Side. Sold out show. Yes. I think there's like 3,000 seats. It's either 3,000 or 5,000. I can't remember. But they celebrated their 10-year anniversary. And it was Beautiful to see. Crystal, I know much, much better than um, Fury. And she, I know that she, do, she doesn't take it in. She doesn't recognize like how important and pivotal she is to like mm. history. Mm. Like at some point, you know, they're going to talk about podcasts and black podcasters mm -hmm. and she's mm -hmm. going to be mentioned. Yeah. He's going to be mentioned. As you know, folks have spearheaded this thing. And um, I guess it's hard to recognize that when you're in it, mm -hmm. but so proud of them. Uh, I'll talk about a funny moment <laughs> a little later when we get to pop culture. Um, but just big shout out to them. I, it was, it, it, that room. Yeah, I wow. saw clips and the, just the standing ovation, uh. just the, just to, I saw her tearing up. It felt like she, she, no, was, she, she, she felt she got love. it then. Yeah, yeah, she got it then. But before then, you know, she hit me and was like, hey, are you coming this weekend or whatever? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go with Mandy. And I was like, I hope that you're taking this in. This, you know, I gave her that whole thing. And she said, cool, cool, cool. So you're good on a ticket. <laughs> like she she just and she admitted like she doesn't she doesn't sit back and really acknowledge. Acknowledge who she is and what she's done. So. I was very happy for my sistren. Um, and then in, in other news, I recorded on Monday, since that was a holiday, I recorded two episodes with um, the biracial brigade that are, <laughs> that's what they call it. That is so funny. Wait, who named it that? One of the, the, the audience? Yeah, oh my I God. I think so. I that's think they brilliant. did. That is brilliant. Um, with Bridget and Mandy for See The Thing Is. We had a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, one of those episodes is out already. So make sure you check that out. I think it's called The Stakes Are High, which that makes sense that it, that I'm on that episode because um, that sounds like me. But it was, that was a lot of fun. And then um, Kia was in town from Getting Grown with Jade, boop, and boop, they were boop. recording at Full Court studios and I was there so they were like oh do you want to stay on and so we had a great conversation around masculinity and three women talking about masculinity but really we were talking about um, how we police it and like mm -hmm. checking ourselves and holding mm -hmm. ourselves accountable for that so that was a really great conversation and big shout out to them because they're also doing both they of, look both beautiful. of those podcasts are doing amazing things yeah. so I was grateful to be on there running my mouth, child. And then for those folks who I have been getting DMs about this, and I didn't know if I was allowed to say it, but apparently I am. That for See, the thing is, they are going on tour, their tour. Oh, by the time this comes out, they'll, they would have already done their L.A. show. 
But um, they do have shows in D.C., Philly, and New York, in which I will be one of the friends with benefits. So make sure you get your tickets. They are available now. I think New York might be sold out. But I'll be there. I'll be on the road. All the biracials just hanging out, child. And you're going so to be- DC, Philly, and New York, all three. Mm-hmm. Girl, you yeah. working? Go ahead, you on tour? I'm doing something. I think though. <laughs> I think that you're coming to Philly and also participating. I never, yeah, as well. I don't. I didn't get an official. I think I was supposed list. to say that, so I'm letting you know now. <laughs> okay. We'll talk later. <laughs> I think I'm not sure. Um, in other news. Uh, next week I will not be on the podcast, but my ace boom coon Shanti is going to hold it down. I am in launch mode at work. I work at an ad agency and so we are launching a new product. And so that means that there are shifts from 6am to 6pm and 6pm to 6am shifts. Shifts, yes. And so we will be working round the clock, which means I will not be available to record and pray for me. as we work around the clock and try to get this shit launched in a real way i don't even know if it's gonna launch it will yes it will now oh i wouldn't be mad if it doesn't didn't it doesn't affect me really i wouldn't be mad if it was postponed for being completely honest but i don't want it to be postponed like around the time that i'm out of town for the show so whatever either way not um our girl nana from the work day podcast We'll be holding it down, who's a dear friend of mine, and Shanti's tried to steal her, so I'm looking too. forward to listening to those episodes. I'm sure it'll be a good old time. And you will finally have somebody on this podcast that knows big words, honey, because Nana knows big she, well, that words. Ain't, that ain't, I don't know if that's a compliment to me. It's just gonna, Oh, I'm sorry. It's going to deeply, always, you and no. I, we... You've make... been talking your shit lately. I know you've been reading your books. I, can I have tell you not been school. reading any books. Uh-uh. All right. Well, you've been around <laughs> some people talking their shit. So it is rubbing off. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's it. That's that's Those are my updates. Speaking of talking shit, why don't y'all talk some shit for us? Talk to us nice in the ways of rating, subscribing, we're sharing the podcast. Let everybody know what we're you're listening to. We're always super excited on social media when we see you guys just free, freely just sharing an episode and sharing your comments and your feelings. We appreciate it. It also helps us greatly in getting us more views as well and more people to listen. So rate, subscribe, and share, please. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Um, and then do you want to go into patrons? YouTube and you can also see us in real time. And today we are both rocking our merch, which is on sale. We have very limited supplies left. Damn near none. We still have stuff left. But we still have stuff left that you can go get it. And if you want to know what it is, that means that you're only listening to audio and you're not seeing the visual representation of our merch. That means you need to become a patron. Sign up today. $10, listen to us. A shout out to the the new patrons, Gerald. I was about to say Gerald. I was like, that's okay. We could be that. that? Gerald, Tara or Tara, Leela or Layla, Shaquilla, Dominique. (laughs) We appreciate y'all. Welcome to the Roundaway Curls Patreon. 
in addition um, to that, in the spirit of Black History Month, dun, 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 we have, I, I, I didn't know about this lady. I saw her on the social of medias and then I was like, wait, what? For real? And so I looked her up and she is very impressive. This woman, uh, Marianne Rogers Croak, is a vice president of engineering at Google. And she was previously the senior vice president of research and development at AT AT&T. She holds, get this, more than 200 patents. Patents. Excellence. And she got money. Meaning, right. Meaning she has invented 200 things now. And she's been credited with said inventions. And she was inducted into Not the mouth snap. Apologies. <laughs> she was, we'll get a, they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm a review. That is obnoxious. I don't like <laughs> that sound. Um, she was inducted into the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame in 2013. She is one of the first. Two black women to receive that honor, along with Patricia Bath. Shout out to you. You know who you are. (laughs) And her invention allows users to make calls over the internet instead of a phone line. Girl, fucked it up. Yes. So today, the widespread use of like technology, like working remote and conferencing, she made all of that shit happen. And apparently there's like a billion and one things that you have to invent in order to make something happen. So she's developed this technology during, oh, this is something else she did that was dope. She developed technology during the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Um, and it revolutionized how people donate to charitable organizations um, when natural disasters occur. So by the time Hurricane Katrina happened, it wasn't ready yet, but she had perfected it by the time the earthquake in Haiti happened and basically is responsible for facilitating more than 43 million donations collected via text. Go ahead, All of girl. That is shit that wow. she imagined Rogers and Croak. Let me see her. Mary, where you at, girl? So she's basically laid the foundation for all digital networks and I didn't know much about her, but on the social media is when she was, she's cute, right? She to be the cutest thing I've ever seen. She's super cute. Marion. (laughs) So she's on the social medias. If you are in like the STEM science, technology, engineering, mathematics world, you know her and- I didn't, and I don't know if everybody else did. So make sure she's not an ancestor; she's still living, thank God. So you know she is absolutely a part of Black history. So shout out to her, shout out to make it possible for me to work at home, making it possible for us to record remotely, making it possible for that money she getting. Go ahead, Marion, fuck it up, fuck it up, fucking it up. Yeah, and making it possible for folks to actually donate to worthy causes via text. So shout out to her. Anyway, let us, let us, let us take a break so that we can come back and give you all of the hot tops. That's what the read says, hot tops for today. Would you like to sing a, do, a little? 
After these messages, we'll be right back. I add instruments to it now. (laughs) (laughs) Jazzed it up. Quick, girl. (laughs) Duke Ellington. And we are back. Um, So for hot shit this week, as y'all heard, Shanti and I are in our feelings. Because apparently it's like the fishies, Pisces people, right? They're fish, right? Do you know many Pisces? I don't. I don't think I know one Pisces. Yeah, I don't think you do. <laughs> Is that okay? Wow. Um, I was in my feelings, especially last night. Oh my god! I would like to shout out my friend. He's at this point one of my best friends, Black, who caught. He caught me. I don't even think you've seen me like this, Shanti. Hmm. Just a hysterical blubbering mess mm. inconsolable irrational were you guys together or are you on the phone we were on the phone mm. and he was just trying to explain some shit to me and i thought that he was saying that he didn't want to be my friend anymore and i lost my mind i lost it i was i i was snotting snotting to the point where i was snotting on the clothing that i had on like purposely taking my shirt or what I was wearing and snotting in it because I couldn't reel it in. And I think it was also a release from the Mm -hmm. day that was Mm -hmm. shit, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't even saying, (laughs) he wasn't even saying. He said, I said, I'm going to call you back. (laughs) No, it wasn't like that, but I I lost my mind. And and so he actually did need to call me back because he was getting a call. And I was like, okay, are you really going to call me back, though? Is everything okay? (laughs) He was like, girl, get off my phone. And so I then uh, did what any woman does or any person does, any (laughs) non-binary royal human, um, not to be confused with king or queen. I laid in the bed, lifeless, with the phone in my hand and took to Instagram. Distracted yourself. Numb it all. Numb. Numb. Scroll. Numb the pain. (laughs) And, but I was not successful. I landed on the good news movement. Do you know the good news movement? Yes. Well, oh, well, oh, well. (laughs) I went through the rabbit hole of the good news movement. Now, usually. That's a good place to get sucked into. It it really is. And I, I saw First of all, if, for those of you that don't know, the good news movement, they really they they were around before COVID, before the pandemic, but they really took off during, and it's not called the good news movement. It's called good news underscore movement. Fucking black people just saying shit. <laughs> but they only post good news. And so often the news is filled with nothing but negativity and so they post these really heartfelt stories from all over the world that can really get you going and one that got me going was that students raised nearly fifty thousand dollars for their 80 year old janitor after he was forced out of retirement to work due to his rent being increased and so oh get forced out of retirement out all right not Mm -hmm. in out Mm -hmm. So this man was shuffling around the hallways. These kids felt, instead of making fun of him, which most awful badass kids would, he, sorry, projecting, he um, 
you know, said he had never been a janitor before, but he had to pay his he had to pay his way. He didn't ask anybody for a handout. He didn't. And you could see that like it looked like he could get hurt on the job. Like it there's just no way he should have been working. 80 years old. I, I'm sure that you deserve rest at some point, sir. Child. And so these kids raised this money and the good news movement got wind of it, posted it on their page, and they raised even more money. And within like two hours, the goal was $80,000. I think they're up to $150,000. Yes, hallelujah. Let that man rest. And so now he's not only going to be able to retire, but he's going to be able to hopefully take a little vacation as well. So that really warmed my heart. It made me so sad that he was even in a position to have to do that, this cruel-ass country. But this is the good news movement. Let's not huh, let's not go down that, that rabbit hole. And then finally, there was a really heartwarming video of a man in Turkey, obviously on a gurney. He was rescued from the rubble. And there's video footage of him calling his family, calling his brother for the first time. And so you hear his brother on speakerphone. You can see his face and his brother is just as hysterical as I was on the phone more and just like weeping to hear that his brother is alive. He's like, are you sure? Is your family this family? And then the brother's like, yes, my brother, this is your brother. I'm here. I'm okay. They're taking me to this. He was mad calm. I saw that. He was so calm. I think he's probably just. That must be the most overwhelming shit in the world. That he, do you know how many times he probably thought he was gonna die? Because it was days and days later. Eleven so. days, child. Listen, I, if you want to cry, a good cry, a cry that makes you, that that basically restores your faith in humanity, go over to Good News underscore Movement and get your feelings out, please, and just just feel restored and rejuvenated. If you're already sad, well. You're gonna be happy, but you're gonna be crying too, Jay. <laughs> so it was a it was a time. Speaking of crying, <laughs> The Last of Us is the uh, shit you didn't know you needed. I'm obsessed with this television show. I was very, very resistant to watching it. Why? Because I had just watched Game of Thrones and then I, pa- Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. The more uh Mormont, the last standing Mormont girl, Liana Mormont, Liana, <laughs> and the nigga from Dorne. What was his name? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know none of them names. What was his name? The Prince of Dorne. What was it? The what Prince was his name? I don't he just know. made me forget. I don't know. But anyway, they're both in it, and I was like, ugh. I don't. For some reason, I was so resistant Oberyn. to watching it. Sorry. Let me Oberyn tell you. Martell. Oberyn. Yeah. No. No, that, yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to see them again. I just watched them, but mm-hmm. a delight. Let me tell you something. I really enjoy two. zombie. What? You're on episode two? Oh yeah. my God, Anthony. It just gets better. It's just that, that episode two is nothing. <laughs> Girl, keep going. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. I really enjoy zombie um, sh- shows and movies. I'm rarely grossed out by zombies. These zombies, even thinking about it right now, makes my head itch because of, of the fa- basically the virus is passed through 
excuse me. The don't tell me because I'm not. Oh, you don't know it's passed yet. Oh my! God. I'm sure it's how they biting because I saw the. Woman. Oh, oh I we're can't ruining say it for anything people. to any of you guys, but oh, it makes alert. my skin crawl. And again, I love the way similar to The Walking Dead. It's not actually the zombies that fuck shit up. It's us humans and our inability to regulate our emotions. And mm. the zombies are just like the backdrop of the show, but the humans and the shit show that we are and the terror and the beauty that we are. Can't wait for you to watch this. And I cry heard to me. Uh, talk somebody, about crying. Somebody at work said um, that this was like a dystopian um, call to action f- for our humanity. That's how they described it. And I was like, oh. I'm into it. I, don't, I haven't got to the call of humanity yet. I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing our, you definitely see yourself in it. Um, okay. Just, what episode are you on? Episode six. Oh, like, you're Now I'm at up. the edge of my seat. Yeah, like Sunday cannot come quick, quick enough. I just, quick I'm, enough. I'm hooked. <laughs> and um, what's really amazing is that The Last of Us is from a, a, a video game. Mm, I heard that. So yeah. they're, and they're, following it very very religiously like there's some scenes in it that are in the video game that they have to do in the show which is shout out to these video games and yeah and wh- when i heard that i was like wait video games have storylines shout out sonic to the hedgehog did me wrong child that was the only video game i had that was my shit right well speaking of zombies politics as usual i'm about to bring it down come on with the you know where i'm going with this let's go do you know this is like beyonce's album the way we sliding into the next fucking topic speaking of zombies hit it with it go ahead there's a new drug making its rounds and it originated in philly sadly the drug is called trank and it it's really there. yes sadly um i don't know how to say the proper term for this x y say that shanti x y l a z i n e xylazine 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 yeah xylazine anyway it's called trank on the street and the actual base like base of the drug is a veterinary tranquilizer Approved in the U.S. for cows and horses. And it's now flooding the drug market where drug dealers are cutting it with everything from cocaine to heroin to fentanyl. Philadelphia is unfortunately our home and it is the epicenter for this. Um, And it's now linked to a third of all overdose deaths there um, from 2%. Well, there were 2% of over well it was two percent in 2015 now it's a third so it's growing it's basically what it's saying and people are traveling from all over the world to to come to philadelphia for it that's the other thing like not not all over the country apparently the fucking world no philadelphia has is the mecca for a lot of drugs a lot that kensington area is like it's so sad and it reminds me of the wire the greatest show on earth it reminds me of that of the block of Hamsterdam. Yeah. Right. Of where mm-hmm. like the police just let it be like when you remember when we were driving down and what we saw and it was just it felt like zombies. But this is actually this actually 
makes people take on a zombie-like physicality. Not the folks that are leaning. We know the folks that are leaning. They are fidgeting and doing stuff like that. It is but girl, so scary. Have no, you seen you, the scariest thing is that the actual there's sc- I'm about to get into it. Eaten away. I'm about to get into it. So patients suffer damage to their blood vessels that leads to gaping wounds appearing on their bodies. Some are left unable to walk or they need amputations because the wounds are so severe, cutting right down to the bone. It's eating them alive. It's eating it's eating them alive. And there's no approved antidote for these overdoses. Instead, all all medical professionals can do is is provide treatment of easing the symptoms. Because I don't remember what the drug is that they use to like combat uh what is it? Fuck. Heroin? They give you another drug to combat. I think yeah. it's is it heroin? Yeah, yeah. Another opioid substance. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> that doesn't work on this mm. at all. Mm. And so you have these people. I, and I the saw withdrawal these, is in, is like horrible. unbearable. Horrible. So what, what they're finding oh, is Lord. that the because the withdrawal is that horrible, people are going to get more and more of it because they can't deal with the pain of it eating their flesh. But when they get more of it, it just eats more of their flesh, but at least in the moment numbs them. It is horrific. It is so sad. And- Let me tell you something. I I really feel in a couple of years, there's going to be a big conspiracy or we're gonna have our version of the wire or something because somebody, I don't know the kingpin. I don't know how the drugs work, but people are making so much money over here. Yeah. Not this being the mecca of drugs. Like it's terrible. It's awful for the addicts. It's awful for the city have to manage it. But like the drug dealers, the providers, the connections, that whole underbelly of the Philadelphia politics is real and it's yeah. it's thriving and they're making so much money child yeah and niggas are dying the city's on fire people are getting killed it's just god help us philadelphia so something to definitely look out for something to definitely stay away from i had never heard of it until today but if anybody offers you this shit, if anybody's like, oh, you try, just run the other fucking way. This is not anything to play with. This is literally, it literally looks like World War Z. And the manner the, the mannerisms of the folks are like the, the, the people from game, like the, they weren't the people, but the army of the dead from Game of Thrones. That's how they look. They look like that, and they also fall out. They're they're unconscious for an hour. So you know how some people dip; they mm-hmm. are out for an oh, hour. They really fall. They they're fall not leaning out. They're collapsed. So that means that they are vulnerable to rape, to abuse, to robbery. To you're you're just out in the middle of the street in like a in a very dangerous area. So the amount of yeah, what you're vulnerable to is just it's wild. It's wild. Meanwhile, they're trying to gentrify that area, Kensington. Right. Meanwhile. Right. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're selling homes over there for $400,000, $350,000. And sense, people are like, child. excuse me? Make it make sense. 
Prayers up, yo. So prayers up to all the parents around the world, in particular areas. Actually, there's a study that's circulating uh, from 2021 showing 42 countries and their level of parental burnout and what they're realizing. The higher the um, sense of individualism in the country, the higher the burnout. So. It seems like the Western standards of parenting have just increased. You know, everybody's woke. Everybody's trying to heal generations of trauma. Everybody's, you know, focused on um, therapy and, and being more just emotionally aware as a parent. That's definitely what you're focusing on as well. And what ends up happening is that there's just this child-centered, this emotionally like driven relationship that most parents don't have the capacity for if you're doing this shit by yourself. So they did uh, a number of tested, checked out a number of countries and in the West, the US, Canada, UK, Australia, and the Netherlands have the highest levels of burnout. Whereas Thailand, China, and Ecuador do not they also have again less like um, society is less individualized there's a lot more community there's a lot more um, intergenerational living there's a whole graph of this and Africa is not even on that map like interesting which I'm so well how are they collecting this data as well I don't know how they're collecting the data Mm -hmm. there I can I can show you the link but I guess they're just taking parents and asking them if they're burnt out and then having some type of measurement of what individualism means and what the opposite of that more community driven life means. Um, but I found it really, really interesting that Africa wasn't even like, I find it to be bullshit. There's no way that parents over there ain't burnt the fuck out too. I don't know. That's why I don't know. How are you collecting this information and how, and also what is the gauge? Like, how how are we defining burnout? What does that look like? I bet they or, and, have, and how and are people being honest about? Like, there's just so many factors. I don't know. I I definitely don't think the idea of parental burnout and individualism is a made up um, idea. I f- I feel like it takes a village to raise a child, and the less community centered practices that the the community has or the country has, you're definitely going to have exhausted parents versus you know places where it's like yo we all taking care of this kid again we all live together grandma lives together to me it, to me it makes perfect sense I don't know the exact um scientific measurements that they have but I guess for folks that are experiencing this who can correlate that to individualism I know I can it's just like what what do you do I feel like they're dropping the ball of being aware of your child's emotional well-being, aware of their um, trying to create a life that feels really centered around them doesn't feel crazy. But like, do you stop doing that? How do you get your community involved if you're busy as hell, if they're just as busy? It just kind of feels like a rock in a hard place if that's not already embedded culturally you know I know a lot of folks are making it doing what they have to do um, especially folks that don't have a lot of money 
everybody just shows up the way they need to, but it's just like, what, what's, what's the alternative? Move to China, Thailand? Like, no, like, what do you do? I just, I don't know. Me neither. I don't, as, as well, the good resident, non, <laughs> no, as the resident non-parent. It's still community. It's still, I think that's it. It's like, I'm not a parent, so I don't have nothing to do with it. It's like, oh, I oh, got to no, deal with I other don't parents. I don't have anything to do with it. I think that. What, what to do? I think I try as hard as possible to support my, my friends with parents, but I, uh, with parents, with children. And it's with hard. Parents. You're far away. Like, what can you do? Well, At for least. you, but I have other friends who have children. Um, I, I, I don't know you, I don't know if you want to personalize this, but like you do have folks that, you know, are, are closer than me. You know, you do have the Amandas and the people like that. And I wish that I, I can't tell you about your schedule and I, and I hesitate to offer my two cents there because I, I just feel like. Um, I might oversimplify it if I say something mm-hmm. like, well, why don't you help? Why don't you go to mm-hmm. Amanda's? Why doesn't mm-hmm. Amanda take the baby sometimes or take mm-hmm. Joe sometimes? Or, you know, there's also dynamics of Joe is older now and Amanda's got two boys. And mm-hmm. so does that work? And, and so I don't know, like, I, I don't want to oversimplify it. I think that building community and having your tribe in general is important. And so, you know, you have your mom, you have your sister. I don't know if you take advantage of Katia. I, I don't know. I hope that you will. You have your I man. have to. At this point, it's just you like. You know, like you have her dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And soon enough, Jolie will not want to be around you. That I feel like that's when she needs. That's when she needs the people the most. The most. <laughs> yes. It's when she needs the people that the most to watch over her and to to guide her and to spend time with her rather than just let go of the reins and be like, she all right. And also as she starts to branch out, I think something that's really important, really important. And we were talking about this a little bit with my godson of knowing who she's hanging out with, forming a relationship with their parents. They don't have Mm -hmm. to be your best friends, but you know, I always talk about how my dad, whenever I went, whenever I wanted to hang out with somebody, somebody, I don't know why I can't speak today. Um, he had to go to their house first. And when he walked in or when we uh, went to their house, he would always ask to use the bathroom because he wanted to see the inside of the house. He wanted mm-hmm. to see how the people were living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that he went through a couple medicine cabinets in his day. Oh, <laughs> he, he was that dad. He was like, Oh, can I use your bathroom? And I knew what he was doing. It was so frustrating. He wanted to see the neighborhood. He wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. size folks up and understand like, okay, mm-hmm you know, not stereotype them, but just get a feel for what, what their environment is. Yeah. I think that's going to be really important as she gets older. I think that it needs to be similar to what you just said, creating a map of, of people that you can turn to and rely on. And I think I always, because I'm stuck in this individualistic mm-hmm. hellscape of being like my help is in the daily like food pickup laundry homework it's like in the grind of the week that I'm like oh I can't ask this person for help or they're already dealing with their own stuff versus 
a weekend where there's a lot more space. So just pushing the boundaries or trying to figure out how it could be um, for people that also have kids, what how it, we could rotate that kind of responsibility so it's not all just on. What <clears throat> if you and Amanda, once every two weeks, everybody got dinner together, maybe you bring some food over and you also bring your clothes and you wash your clothes there. Yeah, that's the type of shit that needs to, that would be such a relief yeah and be such a you don't have to go to the just a relief just such a relief but i always feel like again because i'm stuck in the spiral of like you can't do that on the weekend they got their own shit going on and it's just it's just hard it's just but why do you have to do it on a weekend why couldn't you do that no i can't it's hard to do it on the week again because it's i don't want to get in the weeds she gets home at 4 30 she has to be to bed at nine it takes an hour to go to amanda's and back it's just like she has math we have homework. It just she has math. She I just has you. work to do. That See, like that's why I don't want to oversimplify. It just it just. But maybe doesn't. there's one Friday night, or it's just somebody that's closer, just trying to f- build that. Having mm-hmm. people come here that don't have kids to handle some of those things or whatever, but sitting down and and mapping it out feels like, or just writing down what the possibilities could be feels closer than just. Yeah, you got a whole man. Being burnt the fuck out. So come, shout come out. help with this uh, math real quick, King. Please. Come. Well, people. in other news, which I I think that you're going to find interesting because you bring this up quite a bit. Biden visits Ukraine in a surprise visit, seemingly to show, to emphasize his support of Ukraine, uh, especially on the heels of the Republican infighting Uh, that's happening around the money and the aid that we are giving to Ukraine. Um, Some Republicans believe that the aid is far too much. And 30% of Americans agree with that. Not just Republicans, Republicans, Democrats, and independents alike. Um, Some Republicans believe that it is necessary, the aid, um, to prevent Putin from invading more countries. I, I would also add Democrats to that as well. Um, they feel like that it's necessary because if Putin continues to invade countries or if he successfully invades Ukraine and takes that over, that just empowers him more. And what is to stop him from doing that to additional countries as the rest of the world, the United Nations and the U.S. stand by and watch. They feel that that will embolden Putin and also China. And so they feel like that would then lead to a World War III. On the other hand, side of that, folks feel like, well, if we keep up with this proxy war that we are, we are at war, folks. We've said this before. We are fighting a war. We are just we are just not using American lives to do it, um, but we're using American taxpayer dollars. If we continue this route, it will inevitably lead to World War Three, because why would Russia continue to stand by as we fund this war against them? Child, Kevin McCarthy, that is the Speaker of the House, Republican Speaker of the House, he has to manage the Marjorie Taylor Greens who are like, she is insane. She said today that th- that lady, she said today that the red state should just 
absolve themselves of the union and just, but she doesn't want civil war. I was like, bitch, do you know a civil, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But anyway, she is very much against us continuing to send funds to, to Ukraine, which is not the most insane uh, ideal. A lot of idea. A lot of people have this idea. Um, but he is kind of tiptoeing on the fence and he's saying that he feels we should, we should continue to help um, because he understands the importance of of making sure that Russia doesn't become more powerful and more dominant without any penalty, but we should not continue to help with a blank check. And so that's interesting because it's like, well, then how much do you give? When do you know when to stop? Um, folks in line with sending the aid feel that the backlash received ignores the very practical quote unquote, practical benefits of the message that of sending, like the message of sending aid to Ukraine and how strategically it shows like America, see, it's tricky for some people. It shows America being the moral, you know, high, the high ground and all this, or attempting to be that to the world in other ways, they feel like it shows and highlights America's capability to step in and resolve. They say that it ignores the extent to which such aid has put practical limits on Putin's ambitions to restore a greater Russia and has shown other states that they can trust the U.S. to compete with China. They also say that it ignores the extent to which such aids helps rebuild and strengthen the role America plays as the de facto leader of the West and other democratic states. And lastly, it ignores the degree to which it has revitalized NATO and the European defense effort. That is a quote from the Center for Strategic and International Studies. So I asked, dear friend, what are your thoughts? Should we be sending money to Ukraine? If so, how much? Should we stop? Is World War III upon us? Can we prevent it in any way? I think that's the question, right? Is this is this the tipping point? And is this, is this the <clears throat> egg that we don't want to crack open because, you know, this is what's going to cause if Ukraine is defeated, then World War III will break out. Is it really this? I mean, is it this? North Korea tested three missiles, just so you know, over the weekend as well, North Korea tested three missiles and they have missile capabilities now that can go out of orbit and then back into the orbit and hit the US. They have confirmed that they now have that capability. But, it's getting but tricky. I don't know. I don't know that this is what is going to hold back. If there's going to be a World War Three, I don't know if this, if Ukraine is is the um, the camel that will break its back. I don't know. Weird shit's going on with China in this moment. I feel like China's flexing and figuring shit out. And they're in I, cahoots with Russia. <clears throat> in cahoots with Russia. And I don't want to fuck with China or Russia. I just, I just don't like that idea um so then, i don't know let, i don't know me, i feel like this requires a real um look at what america is spending all its money on you know like what what is america spending majority of its money on if we had like a, 
a budget that we could see all of these things. Maybe it is public, but it feels, it just feels, I just don't trust America in a lot of ways and the things that it supports, especially in the name of democracy and help and harmony and peace and, and, um, helping the underdog. I just, I don't often trust that. I feel like the UK, Germany, Canada, a lot of places are also supporting this. So definitely it's a big, it's a big political, um, I think it has huge political consequence and I don't want to in any way, um, dismiss that, but I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I could say wholeheartedly that I, I think I lean, of course, more towards not supporting it, but my reasons for not supporting it don't, I know, don't fit in with the strategy that is connected to America and it's keeping its power. You know what I mean? Like if America's going to keep its power and do, do what it does, yeah, it keeps supporting Ukraine. It keeps those other countries in check it stays you know in alliance with nato but is it sustainable is it going to um lead to real peace in the long run i don't think think peace is what the the goal is uh i i meditated on this today and was thinking like well if they if they pulled their resources which very well may happen you have to understand because the republicans are in control of the house. If they don't vote to approve this, and it's a it's a slim minority within the Republican Party right now, um, but as a who are opposing the aid, but as Americans deal with this recession and grow more and more exhausted from providing said aid, it's it very may like the Republicans may block further aid in the coming future, and so I meditated on that. And was just like, well, shit, if that happens, right, and Russia does successfully take over um, Ukraine, which they could very well just be waiting for the U.S. to stop funding Ukraine, um, what are the implications of that internationally? What is to stop them from invading the next place and the next place and the next place? Um, and it was concerning to me (laughs) that was concerning to me as well. I think it's, I think some of the frustration or a lot of the frustration is like, well, these are my taxpayer dollars. And why does it always have to be the U S that steps in? Because, you know, a lot of the other countries within NATO that are helping, um, and you know, they are dealing with far more severe financial implications of this war because so much of their money or so much of their resources were tied into Russia. And as a result, you know, they're dealing with inflation that's even higher than ours. And so they're like, well, we can't give more. and We don't even have it to give more. And, you know, we don't so, have, aren't we defaulting on our, Oh, we, uh, we're like, not defaulting on them yet. We are always, the, the debt ceiling is the debt ceiling child, but we're still spending out money. here spending money. Uh, making the world go around because we have the largest military. 
I, I don't know. I, I think this is where, again, we're quick to say, oh, more money's going to Ukraine. Uh, my whole point, I didn't bring this up for us to have a real answer. It's really just to highlight how complicated this is. And so when I see it oversimplified or hear it oversimplified in conversation, um, it's, it's a, it's a jarring a little bit. It's like, yo, international affairs is wildly complex. And yes, that is absolutely true that we are spending all of this money overseas and we have folks in Kensington that are zombies, right? Like I get the frustration fucking valid. In addition to that, the implications of Russia going into Ukraine, invading it, taking it over and restoring, you know, their power um, is terrifying as well. So more good news from around the way curls, you know, you just, <laughs> <We> will see. <laughs> Let's skip this next one. I, I do want to say the Facebook and um, IG are doing fuck shit, but we are bumping our gums. So let's skip that and we'll come back to that at another time. They're doing fuck shit with their new subscription service and verification and all this jazz where you're going to pay for it to be to be verified like um, Twitter. Oh, God. Anyway, pop culture. Do we want to talk about the Roots lineup quickly? At all? Because I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm excited mad. about it. Um, I don't know if I'm going, but the they have the Roots picnic in Philadelphia. Not close to Kensington, so you can come have a good time. Ah. Um, they announced their lineup June 2nd through the 4th. Lauren Hill, Miss Lauren Hill, is um, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill and is slated to perform. She's a headliner, which if somebody don't buy her master's back before this fucking concert so she could sing them songs at a regular tempo, Exactly. I'm not. That does not I don't make hear me it. hype at all. Like maybe Shanti ten years ago, but let me tell you something. Uh-uh. I've seen her sing this shit fast. It ain't it. Um, but then they also have Diddy and the Roots, which I would like to hear. I the would Roots love to play. See that. I would love all about to the Benjamins that. and oh. have him Diddy bopping around the stage. Little Uzi Vert, which of course I just want to rock, rock, rock. That makes sense. Dave Chappelle is going to be there on stage. Interesting. Ari Lennox, Lucky Day, Eve. I was hype boots e- about e- Eve. E- Busta, Glorilla, Maverick City, City Girls. City Girls makes sense. Diddy will in the, be in the building, so okay. Isley Brothers and Roy Ayers. That is huge. Um, Half these people I don't know. Saucy Santana, I do know. DJ Drama, I don't know. Uncle Waffles. Excuse Adam me? Blackstone with Mary Mary and Coco Jones. Coco Jones was who we were talking about last week and we didn't know her name. And then the baller alert. So basically the the roots is trying to get, <laughs> they said, how can we publicize this more? Baller alert is doing some shit where Can they're presenting. Baller alert. baller alert is the big page on IG, the brand baller oh, alert. Oh, 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 it's oh, like oh. a, the shade room. Okay. But what really got me going was the state property oh, reunion i said grow oh, <laughs> oh i said beanie freeway <laughs> young guns <laughs> pd pd 
I was like, how you say his name? I forgot. What's his face in Sparks? How you say that shit? I'm old. I don't know. I didn't click the link. I'm sorry, oh, of queen. Of course you didn't. She left me hanging, y'all. Little <laughs> Brother will also be there, which is cool. DJ oh, Diamond sweet. Cuts with her yelling ass. It'll just DJ be a good Diamond time. Cuts. <laughs> um, and then on the podcast stage, which Charlemagne the God, off ugh, academics, that's that dude in the basement I can't stand. Uh, what? <laughs> that's the one. I, you know what? He just always has some old mess to say that's just contrary and... He stands ten toes down in it, but he just he does it on Twitch, I think, and so it looks like he's just in his mom's basement talking shit. Oh, um, oh. Angela Yee with lip service, Quest Love Supreme. Don't call me white girl, Mona. Yes, I want to go there. I want to see that. Hopefully, I can vend there. That's my hope. <laughs> God damn it! And the merch. That's, those t shirts are hot. I yeah, actually so, like those t shirts. Really. Mm-hmm. Um. So shout out to the Roots. I hope that it is a success i hope that the podcast stage is in a different location and i hope they sell out and have a grand old time and i hope the state property podcast girl huh they ain't moving that um that well they they bringing the big guns out so i will hope that you know Mm -hmm. that it's that they work something out to make it a little more uh accessible what I will say, speaking of podcasts, Crystal from the Reed revealed a sad truth about my dating life during her live show. It was unexpected. I was sitting there minding my business, and all of a sudden, Crystal announced to 3,000 people and all her listeners, apparently this shit's going to air, <laughs> the Antoinette, and she said my name. She's like, where is she? And I blew her a kiss, all hype, like, oh, I'm so proud of you. She said... She is my straight coach, which I didn't know I was because we play around. I say I'm gay. She says she's straight. It's neither one is real. <laughs> and I revealed to her, I sent her a video of a woman, a woman who Crystal referred to as a stud, who was in the cold, freezing cold at the gas station, pumping gas questioning why she was pumping gas uh-huh. because they're both women mm-hmm. and i sent it to crystal and i said oh gender norm gender norms is getting see it's getting tricky crystal who pumps the gas and crystal said antoinette no dyke has ever made me pump gas a day in my <laughs> life and i said for real i got to be gay because these negroes have had me pumping gas all the time all the time all the time and she went on to tell everybody that I'm out here pumping my own gas on dates. And I said, God damn it. Wait a minute it was now. Dates? Not on, not, well, I'm, when am I really ever on a date? Um, but. Just niggas. Niggas. Niggas, niggas, that, you, n- niggas I mean, that you were loving some, on you. Or not. Or just friends or whatever. Yes, I pump my own gas. Yes. Many a day. And I think part of it is they don't want to pay for the gas. So it's what happens is I'm driving. Awkward. So here's that, the dynamic. I'm driving the vehicle. Yeah, there. That's it's another my, problem. First of all, that's not a problem. <laughs> so I'm about to fuck it up. I'm about to fuck our heads up real fast. I'm driving the vehicle. I'm like, oh, 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 I need gas. Pull over. Get the gas. The gas tank is on my side, left side. Boom, boom. I'm closest to it. I put the car in park. Uh-oh. And then there's this awkward moment of if he gets out, 
Does he have to pay for it? No. Or do I just pass him the card yes. and say, get this for me? Get put $30 well, in it. $35. If I'm going 40. fucking pay, I, I don't even think, here's the thing. I don't even think they need to get out and pump the gas. I've never even thought to pass them a card. Anytime I've had, I want to say two men pump the gas for me. And anytime they did it, it was like, oh, it was like this awkward thing. of, Oh, well, let me get the card. Let me. Let me figure it out because I never even assumed that they would do it. I never even thought that they needed to because it's my car. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing about it. Is it sad? Because everybody was like, oh, they were clowning me. Or am I just am I just living in a world where I'm really crushing these gender norms and allowing <laughs> men to be human beings? Instead of quote unquote men where they have to do certain things. Or am I just Are you do you girl, feel like I you're portraying yourself? Together. Do you feel like you're portraying yourself when you pull up? I really up? do I, you know you're I, living your best fucking life. Go ahead, ride around and get it. But get I get out I, there in the cold, pump the gas, put it at your card, ride off. I would I would be remiss not to take in all of the <laughs> all of the feedback that I've been receiving. Still, if you this. if you have like, oh, if you haven't felt no kind of way but about it. But is it because I don't think I'm worthy of someone pumping my gas or even paying for it? I don't know. Why, and why do men have to pump the gas? What are the things in, in, uh, in dating in this heteronormative no. world? I, do, I don't want a man pumping my gas. And I don't mind a man paying for it. I don't, excuse me, I'm, I'm fucked up. I don't mind him, if I'm dating someone, all right? Uh -huh. This is dating. This is like month one, month two, month three. Okay. No, I don't want you paying for my gas. I, but I, it's cool for you to like, let me give it to you. Like, let me pump you gas. All right, sure. Can you put $35, $40 in it? Boom, he did it. I feel good. I don't have to step out, so especially you if you're driving him, around. You pass him the card. Yeah, or he'll reach or he'll just, he'll already get up to go and I'm already like, take my card here's thirty dollars whatever the amount is um but if we're in a relationship mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's like yo and he and he gets it we're like riding around together we're going places he's like in my life in a particular way yeah i'm gonna let him pay for it i'm not going to expect it but mm. i would feel more open to it um in a relationship versus dating dating i do i don't know that feels strange to me i, I don't want you to pay for my gas you can pay for food you can pay for drinks but you don't need to pay for my gas you can pump the it gas for me. feels like this is a an like this is my expense this yeah. is my expense i we're not you're not included I'm in this. we're gonna get eaten up for this i'm telling you what are so what are the some of the things since because this is where my head went immediately i'm like yo we we talk out both sides of our mouth. We we are always like men. We need to because I've I, all week I've been talking about masculinity when it comes to the Jonathan Majors thing, which was mad. People wrote us too. <laughs> they wrote us calling out Jonathan Majors's essence cover because I guess his lips are pursed a little bit, and they're like basically trying to imply that he looks gay, which is like okay, what like. Why does he look gay? Because he has pink. Like, what? what is the deal? What are we, what is this policing of masculinity? So I've been having these conversations around women policing masculinity and men, people, just policing it and saying, this is what it is. This is what it isn't. You have to do X in order to be a man. And apparently you have to pump gas in order to be a man. So I'm like, all right, I don't necessarily agree with that, 
But what are the things in my world that I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't be doing that because you have a penis. Because there are things. Groceries. And is that fair? Getting groceries, taking out the trash sometimes. Wait, getting groceries? What do you mean? C- taking the groceries from the car, like the lifting of a groceries up and down the car, bags up and down the car, shoveling snow without a fucking doubt. Um, heavy, really? Just things that require heavy lifting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would be resentful if uh-huh. you got me out here like if we're taking bags up together, that's one right. thing. But I, oh, I just melt me like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'll get the bags. Go upstairs. Oh, what? Oh my god. So then, what are the things? And I, I don't. I'm not saying I disagree. What are the things that you feel like as a woman that should be expected of you because you're a woman? Because it goes both ways, baby. Because if a man tells me, oh, well, you got to cook, I'm be like, do you know what decade it is? Quick. And I still might want to cook for you, but don't be telling me that's what I have to do now. I, I don't know. I think there's a level of um, emotional consideration and, and physical, like, excitement and and um what the hell is physical excitement? I don't know. I, I feel like there's, like, a, an emotional, like, excitement about seeing your man or when you're around him that I feel is I feel I don't know it's definitely not cooking it's definitely not cooking it feels like it's something that feels but aren't we asking men to show up in that emotional way too so that's not specific to women anymore if we're gonna have that's my point if we're gonna have these gender norms it's got to go both ways no I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the men can't uh that men shouldn't be emotional and that they can get away with being shut down but i don't know i what feel are like the there's basic a, a offerings that women should be offering because we're women that men should be able to say oh no that makes me melt she should absolutely do that we yeah, cringe I at the it, thought I of that i think it's something emotion i think it's like an, an emotional kind of coddling even or like a like a rubbing of the head or come on my lap or like i don't know like a a holding those nurturing are all things thing. i went from men to i'm not saying and i would are you saying it's exclusively just for that gender men are only supposed to take the bags up because i don't think that's true but if there's something but that the like, expectation is that for you I'm not arguing. I'm I'm literally asking because I'm like I'm trying to. No, understand. I don't expect nothing. That's my problem. <laughs> but if there, I don't expect anything. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't expect anything. Um, that's not true. That's not true. I would be. I take that back. I'm stepping back. I would be really resentful uh-huh. if it's snowing and I'm out here like you don't jump up and say, "Yo, let me quick shovel the snow for you." We're getting bags of groceries. You're not taking the groceries up. If that's just a physical. But why aren't we both doing it? We both can, but okay. I don't. I don't feel like I am. I am um, set back a thousand years or putting him in this place. Like this is what men have to do if he takes the. The gar- no, I'm takes not it suggesting. Down. I'm not suggesting that. I think what I'm saying or what I'm questioning is 
Because, yeah, when I think, if I'm being completely honest, there are things like, yeah, I live, I don't have a man. When the shit fucking snows out here, I gotta go outside and fucking shovel. And every man that walks by is like, damn, your man, your man ain't out here shoveling for you. And I'm like, I don't have one. Shut up. So, but I think to myself, like, if I did, I would, I would think that I, I don't even, I don't know because in my mind, I always think, well, what is, what is expected of me then? What do you innately expect of me because I'm a woman? And is that fair either way? Because I just feel like we're much more sensitive to what is expected of women and women are like, nope, nope, I'm independent. I'm this, I'm that, but you know, like this is not the 1920s, the 1940s, like, I've, I I don't I'm know smashing how to say down it, but I think there's roles. a softness. There's like a, a an openness and a softness that I think men expect from women that I don't think is crazy to expect. I don't think it's puts but women I, down. In the, in the same respect, we do you think that we expect a certain... Because I'm not speaking about emotional things right now. I, I think I'm speaking more about like acts of service. Like what are the acts of service? So I'm trying to clarify like... Because, yeah, we can say, I think that men expect a certain softness, a care, tenderness from women, a kind of nurturing um, approach. But I also think that women, when it comes to emotions, expect a certain security, a certain safety from men, like, you know, a certain Mm. power from men that is also not an act of service. So I'm saying when it comes to acts of service specifically, what are those things? Because I feel like there's still very much, I don't know. I feel like we've left men in this, in the gender norms and women have graduated from them of like, no, you should still be doing that, but you, I damn sure I'm not going to be in the kitchen. And we have like those norms existed because of the way uh, nuclear families were set up, right? That makes sense. Men work, women stayed at home, but and I think a big part of that was that you know women couldn't buy a house without having a husband or having the husband's or get a loan, excuse mm-hmm, me, without mm-hmm. him, you know. Yeah. Or, so that is very much a factor. I don't want to, I don't want to take that into consideration. I just, I think that's where I get hung up in the oh, what is the counter? What gas? is the one female counterpart to going yeah. bringing the groceries up or? What is it? I don't know. I'd love to ask a man. Like you should ask Rashid. Like what? What do you expect of me? He probably like girl nothing. Just just be here. (laughs) I don't know. Like I I I would love for men to call in because I I would really like to know. Like damn, she ain't do that. Well, she ain't do that. Is it the because I I don't feel crazy for expecting him to take. I know. I, so I, I would like I would really I love to crazy. know what men are like yo she, she wild and she ain't I don't look at you crazy I think that I'm gonna get backlash around like girl why don't you expect that that's just care that's just but I'm also like well why does the care why does it look different for men and women the act of service I don't I, and I think I'm hypersensitive to it as well and I also didn't have any brothers and grew up with a dad who was like girl do it yourself ain't nobody gonna be around for you so I'm used to like my job was to take out the trash my job was to shovel the snow you know like my job was to clean the toilet and shit like that like that wasn't left to him he was like girl I worked all day go clean that shit go do this 
go outside and rake the leaves. You know, like that was what I did. And I was physically capable enough to do it. He was always that way. And if he would have had boys, he would have, when he did deal with my male cousins, he was always like, come here, we about to cook. You, this is a skill set you need to know. Come here, we about to do the laundry. Do you know how to do this? So he was always kind of com- combating those norms. So now I'm here and people are looking at me like, girl, you, you don't it know what you be. It should all be ex- fucked with and shared. It should all mm. be fucked with and it should be shared. But in terms of your physical capacity, yes, you can do that, Antoinette. Yes, you uh-huh. were raised to do that. But physically, I don't think that you should be taking your groceries up when you have a big six-foot man that can take six up without it being a strain on his body the way that it is your on your body. And yes, you can do it together, and you should do it together, and, and probably nine times out of ten you're doing it together but for me, when it comes to that, like the gas, I don't care about. But like physical things, like, bro, please, you have, if I had the strength to do it, I would do it for you just because I have greater capacity in that way for you. I you realize I do that in our relationship, right? What? When you have heavy stuff, I go and grab it. If you have a suitcase or you have, so, like, do you... I, I've you noticed do. that. You do. You come and help. Amanda's yeah. called me out on that. Yeah. Where she's like, you're not a man. And I'm well, like, I No, I don't I'm look at it like that. You. Like, she, yeah, I just see like, you need help with all your stuff. Like, it's help. I don't, it's I don't gender it. I don't think of it as a gender thing in that. It's just like, Until strength. we're dating. It's just. <laughs> if we were dating, I'd be picking your groceries up, wouldn't I? We'd be doing it together. I, but I, I never sit upstairs you can, and I do it. I never even I would be the I stud. <laughs> well, because that ain't that ain't yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but even if, the, if that's the case, I w- I don't sit idly and just be like expect it. Like, all right, I don't walk. If we have a thing of groceries, I'm not mm-hmm. closing my door of and course, going upstairs. I understand. I understand. Even I with him, like I don't do that, but but it like t- we I have would a love friend it. that when, when yeah. she would pull up, he would say, call me when you get outside. Oh. And he's outside waiting. Lovely. I love that. I yeah. love it. And I would love to know what men's counterpart of like, you ain't, she ain't Same. got to do this. But the fact that she does this, I appreciate Same. it. I love it. And yeah. they're going to be like, cook. They're going to be like, <laughs> cook and clean and suck a little dick in the morning. <laughs> That's it. They're going to be like, sorry. <laughs> that's what we would (laughs) cook clean suck a little dick in the morning child reach over and open the door if they're driving it could be that that. it could be interesting well are we continuing yeah you got one on here i know you need to talk about though the cancellation south side was canceled hbo done (laughs) canceled south side after the third season they just posted on their instagram they did say, um, stay tuned in capital letters. So we said, they said, we grew so much as writers, producers, directors, and actors between season one and three, and we're convinced the show has never, never lost one fan. We're proud of that. Um, but don't give up hope, Southsiders. We are for sure taking the special show around the town to see if we can find a new home. So stay tuned. Yeah, now, that's, what, that's what Underground said, and they never brought it back either. 
Let me tell you something. These niggas' names are Bashir Salahuddin, <laughs> Diallo Riddle, King. and Sultan Salahuddin. You better. Sultan? Some, yes. Sultan and Bashir. Them parents are those not real paying. people or they're characters no. or they're writers? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm they're real people. They're the creators of it. I love Bashir, it. Bashir, Sultan, Salahuddin. It's my son. Let me sons. tell you something. Somebody named Bashir better pump my motherfucking gas. Bashir. I hate to say it. Ooh. <laughs> Look, Bashir, get your ass out. This car is cold. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that some real shit, though? <laughs> Sultan, you better. <laughs> shit. You better cook Sultan some goddamn breakfast. You know my fucking name? You know my first and last name? Sultan Salahuddin. It's the Salahuddin. <laughs> I love that name. Shout out to them. We wish you all of the wonderful one. We wish all paths to be clear. You got yes. people that really fuck with y'all deeply and love the artwork that you create. So keep going. Ashe. All right. Bigger and better things. Well, I don't know the name of this episode. It might be Bashir. Does Bashir, Bashir pump gas? <laughs> that's it does by sheer pump the gas that's the name of this motherfucking episode by sheer better pump gas is that it i don't know i'm questioning better pump gas how you spell by sheer by sheer b-a-s-h-i-r b-a-s-h-i and me and amanda we're talking about how the spelling of rashid's there's two types of rashid's in the world there's rashid with a two e's and an i and they are completely different people. Completely <laughs> different people. <laughs> a Rashid and a Rashid. Two and Rashid. Wait, let me Child. see. Rashida. And, and Rashida's. Rashida. Because I know a double E Rashida and I know a I Rashida. <laughs> two different bitches. Hold up now. <laughs> Shout out to Philly. Oh, Shout out to Shout Philly. Out to Shout Philly. out to the Muslims in the black community <laughs> making a way and listen. Put and some respect on their names. Because we just be calling people Mustafa to say it. That's his name. Muslim That's the name of Arabic like. names right there now. And them Wrong. niggas be in Arab. They be, they be in Arab. They be in they Egypt be, with the same <laughs> names. In Arab. Log them off. Niggas be We're in, done. In Egypt <laughs> with the same names. We the same, girl. Hakeem, we all Africans. Rashida. Khadija. Kadir. Quadir, we say Quadir. It's Kadir over there. I said, "Wow." So am I in North Philly or Egypt? <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same to me. Shit. Oh my god, that that would have been another good name. Am I in North Philly or Egypt? But we ain't talk about it long enough. Oh god. All right, we're done. Log off, y'all. This has been another episode of Around the Way Curls. Join us on Thursday. For more hoot nannies. Ah! <laughs> Goodbye. I love that word. <laughs> you have just heard an around away curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Around Away Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>